Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Well, today I want to talk to you about being a change agent. Tap your neighbor and tell them you're supposed to change things. You're supposed to change things. Our church motto says that because people matter to God, we're going to change things. That's the short version. We say it like this, because people matter to God, we're going to be at a catalyst, which a catalyst is simply a change agent of spiritual transformation in central Arkansas and the world. Do you know what a catalyst is or what a catalyst does? A catalyst is something that changes its environment without being changed itself. So that means when you and I walk into the world that we live in, out of these doors in a few moments, we should change the world without the world changing us. Matter of fact, on, on Wednesday nights during the prayer meeting, we're, we're, we're speaking on Wednesday nights about the church at Corinth, or Corinth as Jacob likes for me to call it. Uh, we're, we're talking about how, how that church was struggling because the outside world was trying to change the inside of the church. But friends, the church, we are supposed to be change agents. And here's the thing, I know this is obvious, but I want to say it real quick. You cannot change the world if Jesus hasn't changed you. We can't expect God to change the world, if our home, if we haven't let him change us. It would just be a little bit ridiculous for me to pray that God would change my wife or my kids or my home environment if I'm not already giving him permission to change me first. Good preaching, Pastor. Well, I appreciate it. Not, thank you. I'm trying really hard. And if you wonder, well, well, does God really expect us to be, does Jesus expect me personally to be a change agent in the world? I mean, can't someone else do it? Well, listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5. He said, you, which is a, what do you call that, a personal pronoun? You? You, not someone else, you, personally. You are the light, you're, I'm sorry, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is it if salt has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot, underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds, not not the church organizationally have good deeds and good outreach programs which, which programs which are great and wonderful and we do that but you personally you are the salt of the earth you are a city set up on a hill you are a light uh, into the world let your good deeds shine out for others to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father father i pray in the next few minutes of time that you would help me personally to be a greater change agent in my world, in my family, in my place of ministry, and every place my feet would take me. I also pray that us as a church would learn to be change agents. I pray that today you'll help me to speak what you want spoken, help us to respond what the Holy Spirit would say to us personally as a church corporately today. We just commit ourselves to respond, and we'll give you thanks for it. May the room say amen. So Jesus is saying two things. Number one, his work in us is not to be hidden. Jesus did not 
save you, redeem you, deliver you, heal you, lift you, give you a new life so that you can go and keep that a secret from the world. You know, in kids' church, I learned about their scripture without even knowing it was a scripture. Uh, I think we, we sing it uh, like this. Do I hide it under a bushel? No, right? Everybody said the word no really loud in kids' church. Let's try it again. Let's pretend like we're in kids' church. Hide it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it? No. Right? So we've been hearing this, this, uh, this encouragement all of our life. The question is, do we spend most of our life hiding under a bushel? We sing no. But sometimes I would have to say yes. I have, because here's the thing, whatever Jesus has done in you, he wants to do through you. I want to say that again. Whatever Jesus has done for you, he wants to do in you. Has he saved your life? He wants to save others through your life. Has he healed your body? He wants to heal others through your life. Has he delivered you? He wants to deliver others through your life. Has he encouraged you, lifted you, changed your life, turned it around, made a difference? He wants to do all of that in other people's lives, not through someone else, but through you. Well, Pastor, I'm just as ordinary and, and as vanilla as you've ever seen. That is no excuse. Jesus wants to use you too. I don't know if many of us have a hard time sharing. Anybody in the room have a hard time sharing? Some of you don't like to share. I don't like to share. I mean, I know Addison doesn't like to share. He was just telling me this past week he doesn't like to share. You buy me a peanut butter concrete or blizzard. I don't care which one I'm not of. Um, I'm not... You know, I'll just like, I'll just eat it all. But, but one thing I'm not going to do with it, I'm not going to share it. <laughs> because if I give you a bite, you know what that means? That's a bite that I don't get. To give to you means less than me. But here's the good news. The gospel doesn't work that way. We have to understand the gospel doesn't work that way. When I share the gospel, when I share with someone else what Jesus has done for me, it doesn't take what, what I had from me, but instead I get to taste what God's provided for me all over again. Whatever he saved me from, delivered me from, healed me from, the moment I share it with you is a moment I get to experience it all over again. I know some of you think, Pastor, I just wish you would chill out. Don't get so excited when you preach. Why don't you just get you a stool and just speak monotone because you're just over the top sometimes. But can I tell you, I'm not shouting this morning to try to impress you. But when I think about the goodness of God and what he's done for me, it's like he's doing it all over again for me this morning. His salvation does not fade away. It gets repeated every time we share it. If you want to know if you want to relive the joy of your salvation. I mean, the psalmist prayed, God, restore the joy of my salvation. I believe one of the ways that God answers that prayer is when we decide that we're going to share with someone else what God has done for us. Being a change agent. You know, in the sense of dealing with electricity, thank you, brother, there are things called conductors and insulators. Right? How many know what a conductor is? Right, a conductor, a conductor, and I'm not talking like on a train. I'm not, a conductor is something that if it receives energy, it freely passes energy on to someone else. Right? 
But there's other devices that are called insulators, right? If you send power through them, they receive it, but it stops with them. I've got two bats here that I borrowed today. One of them is metal. Let's take a, let's take a, a science test this morning. Insulator or conductor? I've got a wooden bat this morning. Insulator or conductor? Insulator. One passes it on, just be this. I mean, they look along, they look the same, they function very similar, but one of them stops the energy from passing through, and the other one passes it through with no problem. Friends, we have got to be more than just, listen, I know we've got to be passionate about seeking the Lord, and we've got to be passionate about allowing Him to touch us and fill us and, 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 and have His power in our life like never before, but friends, if we, if the move of God is nothing but filling us up, then I believe we have wasted a move of God. we wasted the power of God because the power of God was never about filling you only. I know you don't like this preaching today because too many people are in the middle are full lifetime members of the bless me club. God just bless me one more time. Let me just fill you one more time. Give me goosebumps one more time. But we do not serve the God of the goosebumps. We do not serve the God of the feeling. We serve a God who will fill you so he can connect you to a world who desperately needs what you have today. I'm probably not. What do y'all think? How about we just let them fall? I know some of you are taking bids on whether I will trip over them or not. Probably will. <laughs> Spiritually speaking, how would you conduct, how would you, how would you identify your last two weeks? Not your lifetime. That's a, a hard question. Last 14 days. Have I been a conductor of God's Spirit in me? Has it flowed in me and out to others? Or, has I, or have I just been receiving? Just bottling up? Hiding, hiding it under a bushel? If you've been doing that, I would just say to you what kids would tell you. Don't do that. No, right? Let it shine. So what makes us, uh, I want to answer a question real quick. If you're trying to, trying to follow me on your notes, I'm not there yet. What makes us insulators instead of conductors? A few things I would say, fear is definitely one of them. Here's another one, selfishness. Selfishness will make us insulators instead of conductors. I want to be in places that meet my needs. I've heard people say they were trying to sound spiritual. I want to be in a church that meets my needs. Well, I want you to be in a church that meets your needs. But also I want you to be the church that meets the needs of the world. Amen. I want you to be like Jesus. And Jesus didn't. How about pride? Well, if you would be more like me, then you wouldn't suffer what you're suffering with. Instead of realizing maybe Jesus has done for you what he's done for you so that you can help lift those who are in the places you're not in today. Or I think one of the busyness, one of the biggest lies to us today as American church that makes us insulators is busyness. Well, if I wasn't so busy, I could do things for the Lord. 
But Jesus says that we've got to be a city upon a hill that gives direction to those who are traveling by, to be a lamp on a stand who gives light to everyone who's in the house, to be salty, not in a personality trait. Right? All of us know people who are salty. I could give you some example, but I won't do that this morning. But you got to be salt. you got to add the flavor of Jesus. Add the flavor of the gospel. People just take in the goodness of God without letting the goodness of God flowing out of us. Well, Pastor, how can I become a change agent? I'm so glad you asked me because if you had not asked me, I'm not sure how I'd transition to this part of the sermon. So here we go. Number one, if you're going to be a, train, a change agent, you have to remember that Jesus uses ordinary people to make extraordinary differences. In the days of Jesus and in our world today, cities are everywhere. Right? They're common, ordinary. I mean, if I were to ask you to name all the cities in Arkansas, chances are you can't do it. Chances are when you think you've done it, you're going to find out that there's another little community somewhere that you've never heard about. They were everywhere. Candles everywhere. Very common. That's the only way they lit their house. That's the only way they could see past dusk every night was to have a candle. So cities were in great supply. Very common. Candles were in great supply. Very common. Salt was in great supply. Very common. They used it for everything, every practical region. Imagine that salt, candles, cities, ordinary. But Jesus said, listen, I've called you to do extraordinary, even though you label yourself as ordinary, sometimes we are hesitant to allow ourselves to be used by God because we think, I'm just ordinary. But can I tell you, God has a track record of using ordinary people to do extraordinary things. The Apostle Paul wrote to his son in the ministry, Timothy, and he said, listen, don't let anyone look down upon you because of your young because you're young, because you're ordinary, because you're not don't have the right pedigree. But he said, instead, be an example by the life you live. Pastor, I'm just ordinary. I don't have the I don't have the the diploma, I don't have the degree, I don't have the experience, I don't have the the ability, I don't have whatever it is. But here's what I've discovered. Most of the people, and put their picture on the screen today, most of you would say, who's that? Okay? Because I wasn't discipled by Billy Graham. And I didn't didn't get saved under the ministry of some famous, well-known evangelist. I wasn't taught the things of God by, by some great known personality. No, they were just ordinary people that said, you know what, I'm going to let God use me to be a catalyst in someone else's life. And so they showed up on Sunday, they showed up at certain times of my life, and they shared with me the good news of Jesus. They shared with me what the Bible said. They showed up in the hard times of my life, reminded me who Jesus was, and my life has changed because of them. Sometimes I think a great exercise would be for us to simply do this. Make a list of the people who made the biggest changes spiritually in our life. Who, who are the people in your life that made the great part of their name? Very few of them are anything close to being in full-time ministry. They're just ordinary people, but who are giants in my life. I mean, they're giants in my life. Who are just faithful to let their life be used as a catalyst. So I just want to tell you, if you're ordinary, uneducated, and untrained, here's some good news. God can use you. 
Now listen, if you're educated and well-trained, God can use you too. The truth is God can use any life that surrender to him. Sometimes we get so focused or overwhelmed by the idea that we're supposed to change the world that we miss the reality that really changing the world starts with just changing one world. When Jesus said, go into the world and make discipleships are not made in a day, disciples are made every single day over a season. You don't make disciples by multitudes, you make them one by one. When Jesus wanted to make some disciples, he got 12 guys and he said, come spend some time with me. I've been trying to figure out how do you disciple someone without spending time with them. I haven't figured it out yet. You know, one of, one of the questions I asked our assistant general superintendent last week is, how, how do you really mentor someone without being in their life? Can't do it. There's no substitute for showing up and being there. And some of you have the, not some of you, all of you have the potential to be a change agent because you have the potential of showing up and being there for someone being there in someone's life. Well, Pastor, can I really make a difference? I think you can make an eternal dis- difference. You know, every four to eight years, our nation elects a new president. Isn't that supposed to be like the highest office in our land? And some of you get nervous. You're thinking, oh, Lord, he's talking about politics. Um, let me tell you my my observation presidents are really good at making temporary changes they make a law they sign something in order and half the country goes ah! and he gets voted out and the next guy comes in the other half goes ah! it just depends one half is screaming this year the other half will be screaming next year we're like that's that we have no now I gotta be careful. Or I will. <laughs> right? We have no. Uh... Wow. If I talk too much, I'll make everyone upset. Um, but here's the thing: that one side of our country shouts about this year. It's gonna get overruled in four or eight years from now, most likely. So you can. You know, if your guy's in the White House right now, enjoy the day because it's probably going to change. If your guy's not in the White House, well, just get through it. It's probably going to change, right? There's no lasting change. You know why? Because real change doesn't happen with people. And some of you need to understand that everything that happens out there is just it's temporary. It's wasting away. And, and I hope you're getting more upset about things like people's condition than All that was kind of free. I was just trying to say this. Here's what I was trying to say. When you change a person's heart, you change their whole life. You're not changing four years of their life or eight years of their life. You're changing everything about their life. When you introduce someone to Jesus, when you disciple them, you're inviting them to a life that's, that's more than just what man can provide for a temporary season. You're inviting them to an eternal, forever type of difference. You want to change a life? Invest in people. Invest in the church. Serve God. Serve people. Serve the church. By the way, you know where I think the best place to serve in the church is? I think one of the most wonderful returns on investment 
is serving the kids of our church. I really do. And three people agree with me. Yeah. This past week, I was telling Addison that, that there was some, uh, there's some 30-year-olds who tagged Megan and I on a Facebook post talking about a service she and I conducted, I think, in 1999. You're not, you're not, you're not investing in a change that lasts four years or eight years. Man, those seeds, they have decades to flourish. They have decades to flourish. So never underestimate how God can use you to be a change agent. Well, here's point number two this morning. That was a really long point, number one. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Number two, uh, move from echo chambers. If I'm going to be a change agent, i got to move from echo chambers to real conversations. Our light shines brightest in darkest places. Have you ever seen someone's vehicle maybe on a bright, sunny August or September day in a parking lot, and you do a double take because you think they're le they left their lights on in their car, and you're trying to figure out, did they leave their lights on? Or is it like, it's not like the sun reflecting on their headlights or their taillights, and so you kind of sit there, and you, have you ever done this before? You're trying to figure out, show, show them or tell them that their lights are on, or, or, or is that just a reflection of the sun on their, but how many know that if that same headlight or taillight is left on at midnight, there's no question, Right? Their light is definitely shining. They definitely left their light on. To be a catalyst, sometimes we have to let our light shine in dark places. And here's, here's what I mean by this point. We've got to move from echo chambers to real conversations. It is so many of our Christian conversations only happen in echo chambers. What I mean by that is this. If I say right now, which I think I will, Jesus is the light of the world. No one comes to the Father unless they come through Him. Salvation is found in no other name except for the name of Jesus. I'm in an echo chamber right now. I was pretty sure most of you were going to say, gotcha, good job, Pastor. I'm with you. Air Force Base in certain circles this week, not everyone in the room is going to say, that's right. Is that right? You have just... Learn what it means to go from an echo chamber to a place of real conversation. It's when I'm telling the truth to people who need to hear the truth. I'm just saying it this way. At some point, we need to get the gospel to a place where people have never heard the gospel before. We've got to move from echo chambers to real conversations. We've got to be the, we got to be the light in the dark world that people need to see. You know, Acts chapter 17 the Apostle Paul tells us a story of, uh, or, or Luke tells a story of when the Apostle Paul went to three different cities. And in one city, there was the cities of uh, Thessalonica, Berea, and Athens. In each of the city, three things happened. Number one, people came to Jesus. Number two, Paul was ran out of town. One agrees with us. But sometimes we need to get the gospel to people that don't have the gospel. I'll just say it again until you get on board. At some point, we need to tell the gospel to people that don't know the gospel. 
Because though I'm thankful that we're going to continue to teach the gospel and, and, and disciple you in the word of God and tell you the good news and tell you how to get to heaven, how to take as many people as possible, if we don't somewhere get out of our echo chamber of hearing what we want to hear from people that think just like us, if we don't at some point become a catalyst, what is a catalyst? Someone who brings change without being changed themselves. At some point, if we don't go into the world and tell them the truth of Jesus Christ and his love for them, we are not going to, the gospel is going to die with us what's the difference between an insulator and conductor an insulator the energy dies with us if we're a church of insulators the gospel dies with us real quick i'm just gonna embarrass the snot out of you that's you yeah 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 this brother here i met him before service he and his family are in for the weekend he attended serve he attended church here she told me 20 years ago 23 years ago, he attended church, and they're in town visiting, and so they wanted to come today, and he made the statement, I'm so glad to find the church still here. Isn't that what you said? He said, I was just so thankful to see. So he, told them, he talked about how he used to serve in kids' church and how he used to work. So, brother, I hope if you come back in 23 years, the church, I hope the church is still here. Amen. I hope you find it again. It will be if we got to own this, guys. We've got, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. It will be only if we are conductors and not insulators. Someone once said, Paul, we're getting into communion next week. One of the famous lines, you're going to get it over and over again. Here's how Paul talks about communion in 1 Corinthians. He said, I pass on to you what the Lord Jesus Christ passed on to me. At some point, Paul was being a conductor. At some point, we have to pass on to others what Jesus has passed into us. And that doesn't happen by just telling the gospel to people who already know the gospel. And you are the hands and feet of Jesus extended. You are the ones that are going to take the gospel to places that the gospel has never been taken before. Chances are I will not be invited to speak to the lost people on your Air Force base tomorrow. If I'm invited, I'll come. Chances are I'm not going to be invited to your high school to speak to your friends. Chances are I'm not going to be invited to the water cooler where your coworker tells you how they're married. I just want to know, the God has positioned members of his church in all different facets of life so that they can be the light in a dark world, so they can be the city set up on a hill, that they can be the salt, they can be the God flavoring in Cabot, Arkansas, and around the world. That's not something the church does organizationally. It's something that the church does personally. Personally. I'm trying to stop. I want to embarrass anyone else today. I'll skip it. I'll embarrass them later. Number three, allow time to measure the results of your investment. If you're going to be a, if you're going to be a change agent, you can't, discuss, you can't, discuss, you can't decide you know, I prayed with that guy, and he looked at me like he was a cow looking at a new gate, like there was nothing happening. That didn't work. If you're going to be a change agent, you have to give time to your seeds of obedience. You can't measure the success of your obedience by what happens immediately. 
Our determination to be a change agent can't be based on immediate, immediate results. It has to be based on my faithfulness to God. Don't get me wrong. I love results. I love instant feedback. When we have guest speakers come to our church, almost without fail, but when I take them to lunch, their guest speaker that speaks in our church is going to say things like this. Man, I love preaching near people. They, 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 they talk back to me. They, 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 they're, I can tell they're listening, they're with me, and they're responding. And, and so, so, you know, preachers, we love immediate feedback. But we cannot, we cannot base our lives on the immediate feedback, whether we're sharing a message or whether we're talking about the message we share around the water cooler at work. Time from now. Jesus tells a story about a farmer who went out to sell some, or, or sow some seeds. Remember this story? And he sowed some seeds along the path where it was trotted on. He sowed some seed in some rocky places that sprung up quickly, but then was choked out by the cares of the life, how he told the parable. He sowed some seed among thorns. He sowed some seed among good soil. And the obvious question is this, why not just sow seed in the good soil? I mean, isn't the farmer being sort of irresponsible by sowing the seed in rocky places and where thorns are going to grow up? No, he's not being irresponsible. Sow it along the path, that one might be irresponsible. But the rest of it, you can't tell. The Did you know the person that you think doesn't seem receptive? You don't know what the Holy Spirit of God is dealing with them with their heart on the inside the moment they tell you that their world is crashing down or how great their weekend was and you tell them you know what our weekend was pretty great too I went to church and just experienced the presence of God and it changed my life you never know when your testimony is exactly the last link of the chain to bring someone to Jesus I heard T.D. Jake say one time but if you just look on the outside of people, you'll end up putting Judas in charge of the early church instead of Peter. Right? On the outside, Judas had it together. I mean, he's good with money. He's, he's really concerned about the finances of Jesus. Well, we understand why later. But, but uh, you know, on the outside, you can't, you can't judge. You've heard people, you can't judge a book by its cover. You can't judge what Jesus may be doing in someone's life when you're simply obedient to be salt. City set up on a hill. A light. So, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying keep planting, keep serving, keep giving, keep loving. You never know what seed you're planting is going to bring forth great harvest. Megan, if you want to come, number four this morning. Pay the price to be a change agent. Can I tell you, being a change agent is not convenient. It's not comfortable. It's not always applauded. Paul had to run for his life out of those three cities in Acts chapter 17. His partner in ministry, Jason, being an insulator of God's power is it's really easy and it sounds really spiritual because all it deals with inputs of our life but being a conductor we have to focus on god filling us 
but also God using us. And sometimes allowing God to use us is so uncomfortable because it requires us to have conversations with people you'd rather avoid, slow down when we'd rather hurry, serve when we'd rather be served, go when we'd rather stay at home, love those who are not quite as lovable, and sometimes be inconvenienced and willing to be embarrassed out of our comfort zone, but I'm doing it. I'm sharing. I'm, I want to be a change agent, so it's not about my comfort. It's not about my comfort. It's about my conviction to be a change agent. I want to ask you bow your heads this morning. Listen, you can be a difference maker. Not the person next to you, not the well-studied person, not the person you think across the room that is super spiritual and you say, well, pastor, I'm just a salesperson, I'm just a, a, a laborer, I'm just a teacher, I'm just this or I'm just that. No, you're a son and daughter of God. You're strategically placed to be salt and light. You're strategically placed to be a city set up on a hill. You know? We've got some family members who used to love traveling to look at lighthouses. And one of their goals was to try to see every lighthouse in the U.S. And one of the things that, that we learned is this. Lighthouses are not just scattered along the coast. They're strategically placed along the coast so they can give light to vessels when they need it most. Your life is not just randomly scattered. There's people in this room that live in Cabot, BB, Conway, Valonia, North Little Rock, Lone Oak. And I'm probably missing some other places. Heber Springs. One couple lives in, uh, in Clinton, attends our church. And you could think, man, that is so random, so scattered. No, no, no not scattered it's strategic God's putting light in dark places your life is strategic and don't let today or tomorrow measure your, your, your results but instead say you know what I'm just going to do what God tells me to do I'm going to say what God tells me to say I'm going to serve what I feel like he's telling me to serve I'm going to live the life he's called me to live I'm going to let eternity measure my results. Here's the thing about lighthouses. Here's the thing about cities set up on hills. Here's the thing about lights that give their light, light out to everyone in the room. People benefit from the light that the person who set up the light never knows about. Not everyone who sees that city set up on a hill to get direction makes a trip out of their way and tells the mayor of that city, thank you so much for being a city set up on a hill that I can see and know where to go. No, they just, they're just a beacon of hope, a beacon of direction. And sometimes those who set up the light or set up the city never know. Man, we have worlds. If we'll do what the fourth thing was, pay the price. So here's our prayer today. God, make us change agents. Would you pray that prayer with me? Dear Jesus, make me a change agent. 
Come on, let's pray that again. Dear Jesus, make me a change agent. Let's pray it again. Dear Jesus, make me a change agent. Now continue the prayer like this. Jesus, make me a change agent. Come on, say it together. Jesus, make me a change agent by changing me first. Why don't you just right now take that prayer and own it. Begin to pray it. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit, Father, what in me needs to change before I can change others? God, is there selfishness that's ruling my life? Maybe I've tried to make everything about me instead of others. Maybe I've tried to make everything about me instead of your mission. Maybe I've tried to make things about me and my convenience rather than your conviction. God, help me. God, forgive me. God, change me. Change me today. And the second prayer is this, church, that you'll pray with me. God, change my home, change my community, change my world. Let me be someone that changes the life of someone else. Would you take that and make that your prayer? Father, change me so that I can change others. God, I want to be a conduit of your power, not an insulator of it. I want the gospel to grow through me, not die with me. I want to live the words of the Apostle Paul that I passed on to others. But Jesus, people matter to God, so Lord, they got to matter to us. People matter to God, so we're going to be a change agent to young people. We're going to be a change agent to kids. We're going to be a change agent to, to, to young families. We're going to be a change agent to, to senior adults. We're going to be a change agent to those like me that's in the middle. God, we're going to be a change agent to anyone and everyone you place in our path. We want to be the city set up on a hill. We want to be a light that, is, that illuminates the whole house. We want to be the salt that adds Jesus' flavor to the world that we live in. So use us today to be a change agent. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you receive that word today, would you give the Lord a hand clap today? We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the Assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day, and God bless.